<laughs> is there some lag there? <laughs> there is lag. There is lag there is? just because yeah. it's not a phone call. Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess yeah. we can cut that out uh, when we're doing the intro. Hi, this is Nicholas Kwan. And Jacob Peck. And you're listening to I Had No Idea. The coronavirus has been crazy out here. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, just self-isolating. It's been like uh, seven days for me. I've been to like three locations tops outside of my home in the past seven days yeah yeah uh, what were the three locations so it was our friend's place john it was the canada post office and it was a run around my right. neighborhood yeah not very adventurous okay, nice. yeah there's not a lot to do what about you man uh i've just been cooped up at home you know animal crossing was Yo. released uh, two days ago so i've been playing I- that virtually, I've been living my life on the island. That's awesome. It's been great. Yeah, is it fun? I heard it's awesome. I love the fact that you can like team up with people. I haven't necessarily stole anyone's resources yet, but you can like work together because uh, you're you have like certain fruits that are native to your island specifically. So you like go and help out other people's islands, or you take like their cherries if you're uh, like a peach island, you know. So it, there's a lot of partnership and. Uh, it's really fun. I thought it was a children's game. I didn't know it was so savage. It can be, but I think there's there's guides about Animal Crossing etiquette, like what you are allowed to do and what you aren't allowed to do, and it's really cute. <laughs> etiquette. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, so... That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll start. The other day, oh, I guess I should say story time. The other day, I was chilling with Rachel, my girlfriend at her place, and we decided to watch a movie. Uh, you know, we just both love watching movies, but I do think Rachel has missed out on a lot of the classics. And so I asked her, hey, have you ever seen Ocean's Eleven? And she's like, no, I've never seen it. What? And her oh, housemate, wow. I know, that's what, that's exactly what my reaction was. And uh, her housemate that was with us was like, I've never seen it either. And I'm like half judging, half excited, because at least I get to introduce them to this kick-ass movie, right? Right, Yeah. And so we're, we're watching it, and like every 10 minutes, it's like, oh my god, George Clooney, Brad, Brad Pitt, oh my god, Ross Geller's dad's in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like the original... War Machine from Iron Man's in this movie. <laughs> it's the original heist movie. It has movie. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it has everyone. Matt Damon's in it. Like, this was a movie that blew up everyone's careers. And so it was just so awesome to see them react to all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely one of my favorite heist, like heist movies. If you haven't seen it, stop listening to this podcast like right now and just go watch that instead <laughs> you're always trying to decrease our viewers <laughs> <laughs> that's just what i do it got me wondering what was the largest heist slash robbery ever in history oh that's so cool and then i thought there could be a few and so i narrowed it down to canada our home and native land what was the largest heist slash robbery to be ever pulled off on canadian soil and so that will be my topic for this week that's awesome. That's really cool. Looking forward to what you find yeah, out Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Yeah, for me, uh, I guess it's less of a story and me just living my life in self-isolation. So I'm watching, right. or I just finished watching an anime called Dr. Stone. I raved, it, I yeah, raved about it nice. to you the other day. I love yes, it. the first episode was really boring, though. Oh, my God. But it gets so good. I actually kind of agree. The first episode and even, like, a bit of the second episode are kind of, like, whatever, but... As you right. watch the show and get into it, that the way it breaks down science for you and just 
empowers scientists and discovery and uh, how it shows you like how amazing humanity is, just like the crazy stuff that humans tried before they uh, discovered like an innovation, before they made a discovery. It's very fascinating for me. Um, I think it's fascinating for most people, to be honest. But anyways, there's an episode where they actually go into how records work. So how do vinyl records actually work? And I... Oh, cool. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked at that episode and I watched it and I was like, I have no idea how vinyl records actually work. I don't know what the grooves in the discs are for. I don't know how record players work. Like, how does a, a sound get produced from like a needle just gliding around the disc i have no idea right so right that's what right. i wanted to cover today okay that's so awesome i'm looking forward yeah. to hearing what you find out it's a juicy one it it might not sound super sexy up front but like it's it's pretty good yeah i can <laughs> i can imagine so with that said we are going to do again our respective research and we will be back with you after our actually our very first sponsor this week's episode is sponsored by circle space the company that brings you spaces only in circle form, the best circumferences in Toronto. Call an agent to blow your money. That's circlespace.com. Get $10 off when you are the first 25 customers. That's circlespace.com slash I had no idea to get $10 off. Circlespace.com slash I had no idea. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, why are you laughing? This is... This is... <laughs> oh, man. No, it's just... It's, just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's so good okay and we are back yeah if you didn't know um me and nick we're actually not face to face right now i'm in my room and nick's in his house because of the coronavirus it is so lonely yes we are linked up through our phones and we are speaking into different recording um platforms or not platform services i guess and so this is how we're doing and we're making it work because we know and we appreciate that you appreciate our content. Jacob, I miss your face. Man, I miss your face too. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Nicholas, do you like maple syrup? I love maple syrup. It's tasty. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I actually won't die for it, but with waffles and pancakes and stuff, it's incredible. Oh, I don't I don't think I I don't think I eat maple syrup on anything else. Waffles, just waffles and pancakes. Uh, that's it. Like some, some fruits, 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 fruits. Oh, maple syrup candy. Never done that. Oh, I, okay, maple syrup candy. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. For those of you who have no idea what maple syrup is, it's a natural sweet syrup that comes from the sap of the millions of maple trees we have here in Canada. We basically stick this thing in our trees that collects the sap for us in these buckets, and then we boil it so that it becomes concentrated sugar, and that's it. It has a decent source of nutrients and antioxidants, and it's a less bad version of sugar. Did you know that? No, I, uh, well, what, which part? Like like how you extract it or that it's a less bad version of sugar? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally uh, knew how, how you extract like, it. Like the, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole yeah, thing? Yeah. I think yeah, we yeah. Like learned that when we go on like field trips in elementary school. For sure, yeah. Uh, I vaguely remember how it works. Yeah, you just like kind of tap into the tree and it just drips out <laughs> yeah yeah so you're probably wondering okay why am i talking about maple syrup my topic was the largest heist in canada right well here is what i found nicholas okay. in between the years 2011 and 2012 a group of thieves stole nearly 10,000 barrels of maple syrup from a warehouse in the province 
of Quebec. They stole 3,000 3, tons of maple syrup valued at $18.7 million. Wow. Adjusted for inflation at this time, or at the time, this was the most valuable and largest and probably most bizarre heist in Canadian history. And so you're probably wondering why maple syrup, right? Yeah. Well, actually, a barrel of maple syrup is roughly worth 18 to 25 times more than a barrel of crude oil. What? No way. How's that even possible? Yeah, today, a barrel of maple syrup is about $1,300, which is about 42 gallons. Okay. And so these thieves, they're going for the most, I guess, the more decadent option, if you get what I'm saying. Mm. Now, something to note, 70% of the world's maple syrup comes from Quebec. And all of that comes from the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers. So they're basically a cartel, and any excess syrup they make is stored on a reserve and in a warehouse across small Quebec towns. Now, one of these warehouses was partly owned by the wife of a man named Avic Karen, and he was one of the people involved in the heist. Other people that were involved, the ringleader, Richard Valieres, knew the ins and outs of the black market maple syrup. Did you know that we have a black market for maple syrup? <laughs> no, I did not. That sounds ridiculous. This sounds so ridiculous, it's right? It's pretty yeah. sweet, though. Uh... Ah, okay. I see later. <laughs> now, obviously... Him being familiar with the market, that made it easier for him to navigate the system. He teamed up with his dad, Raymond Valieres, perfecting the like-father-like-son sweetness combo, and added an out-of-province seller, Etienne Saint-Pierre, to their team. So they basically rented a space out in the warehouse, and you would think with maple syrup being so valuable, you would have amped up security and cameras. But then again, whoever thinks about stealing maple syrup. Right, you know and saying? I feel like it's not common knowledge that it's really valuable to steal. Exactly. So they rent out a space and they go in, in and out of the warehouse uh, so, so that they can go in and out of the warehouse without looking suspicious. They would take these barrels out of the warehouse, take it to a remote location that had um, these other barrels with water in them. They siphoned out the maple syrup, replaced it with water, and then returned with the original barrels. Then um, after doing that for about like, Basically a year, they took the syrup out of Quebec. Um, get this, according to the court documents, a guard actually caught them and told his supervisor, but his supervisor bribed him to keep quiet. Oh, so they paid off the supervisor. Yeah, the supervisor was probably like, yo, free maple syrup for life, bro. Like, come on, don't snitch. <laughs> it's Okay, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that this is the largest heist in Canada. It's the most Canadian thing I've ever heard in my life. I know, right? It's like, mm. we're not going to steal your money. We're going to steal your maple syrup. <laughs> in July 2012, an inspector from the FPAQ, the Federation, was conducting an inventory check when he knocked over a barrel. Now, keep in mind, when these barrels are filled, they weigh like 600 pounds. But he knocked them over, which wow. led him to look inside these barrels. So the thieves apparently had gotten lazy and probably tired from lifting 600 pounds of barrels each time and started bringing back barrels without water in them. They actually ended up recovering a couple of barrels that were found in New Brunswick. But at this point, a lot of the barrels had been already distributed into the legal supermarket, and so it couldn't be recovered. And yeah, they were like all caught. <laughs> Around 17 people were arrested related to the theft. Uh, biggest convictions go to the ringleader, Richard Valieres, who was sentenced eight years in prison and had a fine of $9.4 million. His dad and Etienne St. Pierre got two years in and three years probation. 
Avakaran got five years with a $1.2 million fine. And the driver got eight months in prison. See, this is why you steal money instead. It's not super heavy. <laughs> you just gotta, you know, pick up paper essentially. Yeah. And you're rich. What did you say the barrels were? Like 600 pounds 600 each? Pound, yeah, 600 pounds if it was filled. Oh my gosh. See, how are you supposed to carry that? You carry one with like five men? And yeah, that, like, there's no, that's it? It's no wonder they got really tired. And they're like, yo, forget filling this with water. Because it's not even like they have to empty the barrel. And then on top of that, they got filled with water. It's it's just way too much work. And out of all the things, like still, like still boggles my mind. Ugh. Maple syrup. Maple syrup, yeah. Like there's so many things that are, are more valuable off the top of my head. Like jewelry, money, obviously, cars. Like pick anything else. Actually, when did you say this was? was Such a kid. Was there a lot of cars around? This, this was time? in twenty. 2011 2012 this was like less oh, than 10 years ago wow yeah well, how come i didn't even see this in the news i feel like i should have all right i know that's what i was thinking too i was like oh man this seems like a pretty hot topic but maybe it's because they got just, 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 maybe it's because they got caught <laughs> i think that's why maybe it was like not huge headline mm, news right hmm. right but i just think that considering how bizarre it is you would think that it would be like all over the news and people would at least right. talk about it. You would think amongst our friends, like someone would come out during university and be like, yo, like these guys try to steal $18 million worth of maple syrup. I'm more surprised there isn't like an internet meme made about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the most Canadian thing. Oh my yeah. God. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there you have it. The largest and sweetest high story you will ever hear. And of course, right here in Canada. That's not as cool as George Clooney robbing a casino at all yeah he robbed he robbed three three casinos <laughs> true true and 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 got his girl back damn this guy stole everybody everybody's hearts yeah. and all the money yeah that was that was wicked epic yeah. so yeah nick um what you got what you got for me today yeah so like i said i wanted to dive into the record player and record vinyls just understanding how that all works because yeah, yeah. you know again how does like a needle going along a disc produce sound it makes no sense to me right uh do you have any right, idea right. jacob or i'm gonna i'm gonna try to stab a guess i'm gonna be totally wrong sure there are grooves on the disc yeah okay so my first guess is the grooves on a micro level have a certain they're done in a certain way so that when the i don't even know what it's called the pointing thing yeah it's called a stylus. sharp thing that go what's it called stylus yeah i wouldn't have gotten that once that goes over the grooves it produces a certain sound um but honestly i have no idea dude for someone who did no research and not very much understanding of it to begin with that was pretty good I commend you for that. That was oh, cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So right let me get into it. So the first person to successfully record sound was a 19th century French inventor by the name of Edward Léon Scott de Martinville. <laughs> what a ridiculous How name. How many times you practice that? <laughs> <laughs> like 10 times. 10 times. It's the longest name. It's also a really sweet name. Yeah. I feel like you could replace Martin with anything and it'll be cool. Like nicholas de quanville oh that, yeah <laughs> that would work yeah better. yeah i like that <laughs> yeah jacob de peckville yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways the this inventor edward leon scott de martinville um he yeah he created or success, successfully recorded the first sound 
But before I talk more about him, I, I want to talk about all the strides that were being made in the field of auditory science in the 19th century. Right. So in the 1800s, that's when we figured out that sound is actually a pressure wave that easily passes through air and somewhat through liquids. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever been to a live show or gone clubbing, the music is often loud enough that you could feel the vibrations hitting your body. Right. 19th century uh, scientists, they also realized this. So it became well known to them that sound isn't this invisible force, but rather something very real that can affect the physical plane. Right. Because sound energy can convert into kinetic energy when it hits solids and liquids. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it makes things kind of vibrate. Yeah. And scientists at the time were also gaining a better understanding of the human anatomy of the ear and how it captures sound. Mm -hmm. So in 1860, which is 160 years ago, Scott de Martinville figured that the human eardrum is the ideal auditory input device. Ah. So he attempted to recreate the human eardrum mechanically. Yeah. Um, I won't get into like how the eardrum works. I think that's like a whole other yeah. episode. But basically, he created a very simple device that consisted of a stylus right. or a hard pointy needle that we were talking about earlier. Right. And it was attached to this like thin membrane. Okay. And it was so thin that like if you made a sound near it, it would vibrate. Okay, nice. And by vibrating, it would also move the stylus. And it would move the stylus in a very specific fashion depending on whatever sound was hitting the membrane. Right. And the stylus's tip was placed on a thick piece of paper, um, and it etched grooves ah. into it in reaction, again, to the membrane that was vibrating. Right. And Scott de Martinville uh, thus recorded the first sound into this thick piece of paper. He chose to record a French folk song called Eau Claire de la Lune, ah. and it wasn't awesome. So I want to play it here, but just as a warning, it's kind of creepy, but here it is. So yeah, it was not very good. <laughs> Um, 17 years later, in 1877, a famous inventor, Thomas Edison, uh, he developed his own device using the same principles I described earlier. And he, call he called this device the phonograph. And it's an early ancestor of the record player. Except the phonograph not only outputs audio, but also records audio. Also, it wasn't a device for flat discs, but rather... This device hosted like these right. tin foil cylinders that were positioned on its side. And the phonograph had three other components that allowed it to record audio input. And if you have the opportunity to look it up online, just like a picture of a phonograph, I totally would right. just so you follow along. So first, the phonograph attached uh, to this tin foil cylinder, it had a stylus that poked into okay. it. Second, there was a diaphragm that you could speak into or play an instrument into that would funnel the sound towards the stylus and jiggle it, again, using a thin membrane. Right. So the shape of this diaphragm, just think of like a megaphone, except you'd mm -hmm. be speaking into the larger end rather than the narrower end. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And third, there was a hand crank that would rotate the cylinder round and around so that the stylus would etch new grooves into the cylinder 
as you rotated it and spoke into the diaphragm. Right. So there's something very key that I've yet to explain, and it's, it's the meaning of these so-called grooves that are getting carved by the stylus. So like, what's the significance of mm -hmm. this? So our understanding of audio science grew to the point where guys like Edison hypothesized that if you could carve vibrations into a medium like tinfoil, you could replicate yeah. that vibration by inserting the same stylus and membrane combo into the grooves and convert that vibration uh -huh. into electricity and then into sound using uh -huh. magnets and an amplifier. He borrowed the idea of the amplifier from Graham Bell's invention of the telephone a year earlier in 1876. Right. And it's actually a technology that still exo exists in our phones today. Nice. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So like even back then, the world was like highly interconnected. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it wasn't necessarily because of the phone, because the, it was brand new. It was just the scientific community just like sharing information together. Right. Yeah. So Edison is created with the first human recording of a human voice and playing it back. What he did was he yelled the song, Mary Had a Little Lamb, into the phonograph. Yeah. Hence making the grooves into the cylinder and played it back. And according to him, it sounded perfect. Mm. However, the phonograph, it didn't succeed commercially mm -hmm. because it was expensive, clunky, and fragile. Mm -hmm. Ten years later, in 1887, uh, a German guy living in the States named Emil Berliner invented the gramophone. It's a hand-cranked, operated ancestor of the electronically powered record player right. that we're familiar with today. Right. It looks very similar. Uh, the gramophone, however, used rubber flat discs that were very close to the shape of a vinyl that we're used to today, as mm. opposed to like the tin cylinders that Edison used. Right. Uh, the gramophone, yeah, and the gramophone, it was cheap to make, uh, not as expensive as the phonograph. Uh, it didn't break as easily, and the everyday person can buy it. So right. as of that invention, people were finally able to play back their favorite music. The only caveat is that they had to crank it with their hands right, at the correct tempo. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be like smooth with it too, or else you're going to get like It's kind of like the like Jack in the Box. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like that hand crank. Like pop-up pop up rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's perfect. Um, and uh, yeah, and finally, uh, we obviously no longer use rubber discs today, but uh, instead right. we use vinyl. It, because it produces a much yeah. cleaner sound and it's cheaper to produce. And we mass produce mm -hmm. vinyl records by first creating this like master copy. Um, and this master copy, it's made by placing lacquer into something called a record cutting machine, which basically gets fed mm -hmm. these like electric signals that tell it what kind of grooves to make into the lacquer. Wow. And then this lacquer with all the grooves inside of it is sent to the production company where they coat it with metal. And then this is now called the Metal Master Copy, which is a pretty badass name in my opinion. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this Metal Master Copy is essentially a negative of the vinyl record to be mass-produced. This Metal Master Copy is then placed in a hydraulic press along with the vinyl, and mm -hmm. you press it down, and it essentially stamps the vinyl. Wow. The vinyl is then softened with steam, cooled with water, and voila, you have a vinyl oh, yeah. record. Nice. Yeah. So that, that's how it works, man. Wow. Yeah, it's just this needle with like a membrane at the yeah. side of it that vibrates yeah. the sound. And 
somehow it gets converted into into sound. Like just something about the way that the grooves are cut into the disc, right. they're very specific to the sound that's yeah. being made. But it's still it still boggles my mind though. Like the fact that I know this doesn't make it any less unbelievable yeah. to me that these yeah. like grooves actually produce yeah. noise. And then, and then the quality yeah. of the sound, um, like the ambience of all the mix, like the the instruments coming together on top of the voice. If there's someone singing, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and apparently the sound quality of a vinyl record player is higher than anything we can find digital today. Even like versus a lossless file on like badass speakers. I used yeah. to I used to have a vinyl like record pl- record player um, back in Kingston. Do you remember like seeing mine? Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah totally. I don't I don't know what, what I, happened to it. I don't know, but I'm like feeling a little regretful now that I don't have it. <laughs> Just uh, order a new one. They're yeah they're they're pretty sweet to have. I think like anybody with like a vinyl collection, their level of culturalism goes up by like twenty points. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, it's hard to find. It's hard to find vinyls of like recent music, right? Is that a thing? Um, no, right? Uh, it it really depends on the artist, right? So yeah, like, yeah. I know some artists they do value that medium still. So even yeah, like cool EDM ones. artists, which are like completely digital, right? They have vinyls as well if they care about it, right? And it's possible uh, to get it as like signed merchandise, well, which is that's awesome. I think the coolest thing you can get that's from awesome. your favorite artist. Probably, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Nick. I hope you also enjoyed my uh, fact about Canadian heist and maple syrup. Dude, I did. <laughs> did it, it was a sticky situation for those guys, ah. and they <laughs> they failed, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh man. Well, they succeeded in the sense that I like hope... they couldn't recover much of the maple syrup. Yeah. Now you have me wondering, like, what the greatest successful heist was in the world you know what i mean maybe that's something you can cover in the future that's something i think you you can cover yeah you're the heist master now you watched oceans 11 (laughs) the other day i yeah i gotta watch 12 and 13 with rachel now (laughs) they're not as good (laughs) all right if you stuck around to the end of the episode we appreciate your thoughtfulness thanks for tuning in to i had no idea you can follow us also are you gonna say something yeah, yeah, and I just want to like maybe apologize for maybe like any overlapping of audio that's going on. Like our voices, oh, yeah. I think, are just kind of like layering on top of each other because it's really hard to time when to talk. So if, yeah, it got all muddled when you were listening to it, we apologize. Yeah, we apologize. And also for those of you who are out there, stay safe. Okay, wash your hands, social distancing, doing all that whole, all that jazz, please. <laughs> all that jazz. Ugh, it's yeah. going to be like what? Another two months of this, three months yeah. of this. I don't really yeah. know. Let that imagination and come out. Not the crazy, the imagination and creativity. <laughs> Who needs imagination when you got Netflix, man? Ah, sooner yeah. or later, that stuff's going to run out. You're right. Yeah. But you will always have this podcast. You will always have this podcast. Ooh, that's a bold statement. Yeah. That's a bold statement. You can follow us on I had no idea dot podcast or email us about topics that you want to hear. You know, there's endless amount of topics, but if you have something specific that you want to hear, let us know on I had no idea podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to Rachel who designs all her stuff. And so yeah, if you had no idea, now, now you, you do. do.